This is Where I'm At, a podcast on health, wellness, and yoga. I'm Lauren D'Angelo. I'm a yoga teacher, writer, and a marketer, and I will be doing the interviewing of my teachers on this podcast. The important people in my life who have taught me and helped me and shaped my life into what it is today. If you listen to this podcast, you can expect to hear talks on health, wellness, yoga, and lifestyle. This is a fun, lighthearted podcast where my hope is you learn something new that you can take away and implement in your life. Plus, you get the added bonus of getting to know local yoga teachers and those in the health and wellness field in the Boston area and beyond. Today I have my really good friend, Joanna Barrett, who is a licensed mental health counselor. And we uh, wanted to talk to you about COVID-19 and Joanna, I'm just going to let you kind of introduce yourself, who you are, tell all the people how wonderful and amazing you are. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you and our listeners. So I am a licensed mental health counselor and a yoga for emotional wellness practitioner. My journey to where I am now began well over a decade ago with chronic fatigue and migraines and depression and insomnia and extreme stress. And I just found through yoga, many healing paths for my body, mind, spirit, and my soul and started to come home to who I really am. And then through that, I decided to pursue my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and also become a yoga instructor. Awesome. So I, um, I reached out to you a little bit on a whim because I actually, I had a few people reach out to me and ask me about, you know, how to manage anxiety in the current times, like what's happening now. And I, I had a situation, which I'll tell you about personally. Um, I haven't had a panic attack in years. And the other night I, I experienced one, but I'll get to that. But then in addition to that, one of the main things that I, I really see coming and happening and even already out there is um, kind of this phase of re-entry when we are able to go back into the world, right? And we were just talking about it, going to the supermarket, going back to our gym, stepping back into our yoga studio, whatever it is, our jobs, getting back in the car and commuting to our jobs. Um, I, I, I believe that we all potentially see this um, wave of potential like mental health and anxiety happening um, with regards to fear around whether or not you are safe once you re-enter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of like twofold, right? Like what are the things that you can do right now, right? While you're experiencing social distancing and and you know not being able to have your regular routine and what feels quote unquote normal in this moment. And then if you are a worrier or a thinker, how do you prepare for what I have been calling re-entry, <laughs> right? Like re- re-entry. And so I decided to reach out to you after I did have two friends reach out to me, as, as I said, but then I also experienced something the other night where um, I was watching the news and Listen, I have never, I've never thought for one minute I am um, safe from potentially getting COVID-19, 
But I have always in my mind and in my physical body thought to myself, I know I am strong and I will be okay if, if it does happen. Right. And I think that that's probably the best way for me to think and everybody to think is with a positive mind. And then I was watching TV <laughs> and <laughs> I was watching the news and one specific, um, one specific news clip that I watched was on a marathoner who had run way more marathons than me and had recently passed from COVID-19. And as I was watching this, I all of a sudden, like it was later at night, it was dark out. I all of a sudden felt this wave of like hot sweats, right? All the things you feel when you experience a panic attack, like, you know, the, the vision kind of comes into tunnel vision. You start to sweat, you know that there's no color in your face, things get fuzzy. And I was like, I am having a panic attack because of the news, which had never, I honest, honestly, it's never happened to me. And so I think the next day I reached out to you and I was like, okay, we have to talk about this. So that's just a little bit of insight of kind of like where I'm coming from. Hopefully the people who listen can kind of relate to that. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the two areas that I'm, I'm hoping that you can kind of teach us about and talk to us about. <laughs> Absolutely. And to know that you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. So many of my clients, friends, family members are anxious right now. It is probably one of the most common emotions mm -hmm. during this period of time. And panic attacks are extremely challenging to get through. And so I do have some little tools and tips for that. Um, but I think it's so amazing that you were aware of your emotions. Oh, yeah. That is key. And that's something that I try to encourage people is to observe. Notice what emotions you're having. Notice your thoughts, your sensations in your body. And then see if you can describe it. You know, like those sweats that you said or the tunnel vision. So you observe it. You describe it. And then you recognize that you're in it, you're participating mm. in this and you stay in the now, you stay in the present moment as much as possible until you are ready or even before you're ready to take a step out and to really just take a breath. Mm -hmm. And I think emotions are part of our lives because they serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. They... For instance, anxiety allows us to sense danger. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is a good thing in some ways, and it keeps us safe. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are having trouble concentrating. They're having muscle tension or they're tired. Those are typical too during times like this. Even depression or sadness, grief, anger, those are very common as well. And they all serve a purpose for us. Mm -hmm. And Emotions give us direction. They are the first step towards acceptance and also to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important that, you, you know, you voiced what the panic attack was yeah. like because you basically just went through all of that. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it is important to say that, you know, it's okay to acknowledge or it's probably better mm -hmm to acknowledge the feelings that you are having, right? So it's kind of like, instead of stifling them or 
denying that they're there or trying to be like, no, I'm strong. I'm totally fine in the moment being like, I know I am strong because I do know I am strong. Right. And I know that it, within us all, we have a strength, whether or not we admit it's there, you're all strong, right? Yeah. Like everyone has that <laughs> resilience. Yeah. In them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, I was aware of that, but in that particular moment, I knew that there was just an all consuming emotion that was taking over. And, and I know I'm not the only one. I know that there are many people who are experiencing this, um, you know, often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the message that I do want to get across, which I think you put really eloquently and beautifully is it's perfectly normal and okay in times like these to feel emotions like those. <laughs> yes, totally. And I have been through the whole range of emotions as well. And early on, you know, weeks ago, I was the strong, optimistic, positive one in most people's lives who I interact with. And then it was like, I started to unravel myself a little into other emotions. Mm -hmm. And really to recognize that was Mm eye-opening because then I was also able to recognize, oh, typically I'm this strong, optimistic front but I experience all of these things as well. Yeah, we're all human. We're all human. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, recognizing them, taking a deep breath, taking a step back, and then kind of moving forward when you're ready, right? Like those are the things that I'm hearing you say are kind of steps that you can take to get through it, to work through it. Yes, absolutely. And then I have some experiential practices that, because some people are like, well, how, how do I get from, say, a panic attack to stepping forward? Mm-hmm. So I have a few tools that have helped myself, my clients, people I know. Um, so I wanted to offer those. Um, so the first one is the 54321. Have you heard of this one? No. <laughs> no? Okay. So just remember, five, four, three, two, one. So it's you, wherever you are, whatever space you're in, know this five things that you can see, four things that you can reach out and touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Hmm. And so that's the five, four, three, two, one. And even if you don't remember the order that they go in, just start to notice what's in the room around you. What can you use your senses? Your senses, right. Yeah. So even if it's, okay, oh, I really, really like that. Super grounding, right? So like you start out kind of far away with the five things and then eventually you're kind of like almost like this circle back into yourself, yeah? Absolutely. It comes closer and closer to you with the grounding. Oh, I love that, Joanna. That's so cool. <laughs> what else? Tell me another one. <laughs> okay, so another one is something that is frequently a meditative tool for children. We all have a child in us, and even as adults, I think we can benefit from it. It's the mantra, the phrase, peace begins with me. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, how I like to do it is also with a mudra, the hand gesture and the breath, the pranayama. 
So it would be inhaling slowly and touching your thumb to each fingertip. So peace begins with me. Exhale, peace begins with me. Hmm. And you would just say it silently to yourself with the breath or say it out loud and make, turn it into a chant. Mm-hmm. A mantra, so, like a true mantra. That's the, ma- the mantra, the mudra, and the pranayama combined for us in the yoga community, I think can be very helpful for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the mantra, just so those who are listening aren't as familiar. So the mantra is the words, the mudra is the hand, and the pranayama is the breath. Yes. Which is wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Do you have another one? I do. I do. <laughs> um, so this is actually um, putting your feet on the ground. If you're inside, take off your socks if you're comfortable with that and put your feet on the ground if they're on the carpet, if they're on the tile floor, if they're on wood floor, feel your feet. Even better if you can get outside. That's what I did. It's so funny that this is the one that you're saying. I was in, I was joking with the people, my coworkers because we have, um, we have a Zoom chat every morning, which I love because it's like a touch base. It's like a grounding thing, right? And I told them about my panic attack the night before and I was in my flannel pajamas with no socks on and I walked outside onto my front porch and I put my bare feet right on the cold front porch and it was almost kind of like right away I could feel my senses all coming back. So I love that you said that because I was like, why is it? I've always noticed that that is the one for me. It's my feet, but it's got to be cold, right? Some people like warm. It's got to be that feeling of cold earth, bare feet. It's got to be bare Bare feet. feet. Bare feet on the earth, whether it's grass, dirt, sand. If you could take a brisk walk outside, you know, around the lawn or the yard, even better. You know, I love um, that this is like a real thing. I love it. What is it about the bottom of your feet? They're super sensitive, right? They have a lot of touch points for nerves and they're very sensitive to sensations. And so whether it's temperature or texture, they can, it helps drop us back into our body yeah. and bring the energy from the head, from the anxiety in the head down to the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also suggest to people take a shower because the sensation and the temperature of the water, and you could do it cold or you could do it hot or just in between, the, um, the water of the shower, there's something about that that mm-hmm. could be very helpful as well. Okay. Um, and then I have three asanas for anxiety okay. that... I turn to myself and I recommend to people. First one is a cat-cow movement, rounding and arching the spine, moving with the breath to slow down your breathing. Just get down into tabletop Mm -hmm. and start moving through the spine and the breath. And then the second pose is child's pose. And you can even hug a pillow or a bolster. Um, I find that to be very calming Mm -hmm. and soothing. And then the third pose is a forward fold, any forward fold. It could be standing forward fold. It could be a butterfly, anything where the head is basically down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can feel sensation. Maybe it's sensation in the back of your legs or along your spine. 
you can focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, these are just harmonizing, kind of easeful, integrating poses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're really good. I mean, I, I, we talk about this a lot as yoga teachers and practitioners, but you know, if you think about where all of the messages that are being delivered to your brain start from, it's the super, you know, it's the super highway that runs all along your spine, our central nervous system, right? That's what is delivering all, it's, it's where all the messages stem from, right? So if you can, something like manipulation of the spine where you're going through cow and cat, your central nervous system is responding because you're moving flexion and extension in your spine, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And then forward fold is, um, you know, it, it's always so grounding, just kind of like fold into yourself, right? So those, those are awesome yoga poses. Uh, yeah. I love it. So those are my, and then also some breath work, whether it is a three-part breath, filling the belly, the ribs, and the chest, and then just a very smooth exhale. Or it is with a mudra for a hand, you know, gesture. I love connecting sort of the thumbs at the heart, making a butterfly and just inhaling the arms out, exhaling back. Yeah. And just move, moving a little bit with the breath can just calm the nervous system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So those are, those are my main tools for anxiety. For like right now, right? And yeah. I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know if they're different, but you know, those tools are tools that you can have in your toolbox whenever, right? So you can always move your body. You can always use your breath. Um, you can always, you know, do those techniques, um, whether it is a mantra, a mudra, a, you know, a pranayama or an asana, all those things. Um, you can do it anytime. But what if you're, you know, focused on, okay, <laughs> this is going to sound so funny, probably something I'll never repeat again. Like, okay, they're letting us out of our homes. <laughs> you know, like we're allowed to go back into the world after, you know, we don't know how long, right? It could be, it, it's been about four weeks, could be another four more. But when that time does come, I mean, maybe we'll talk again, but what if you find yourself wondering about that now? And two, what if when you find yourself out in the world, right? When it does actually happen, because it will happen, free, like, I don't want to say freaking out, but like, yeah, kind of freaking out, right? Yeah. In a, you're, you're out having finally like some socialization with your friends and all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, Whoa, this is the most people I've been around in months. Um, or you're at a grocery store and people aren't wearing gloves and masks anymore. Um, there's a, there's so many examples. What do you do when you're out and about then out and about, right? Yes. Like these techniques, I think everybody feels really good about doing them in their home. What about when you're out in the world, at work, in the middle of a meeting, right? What about yes. that? So I, again, feet on the ground. Maybe you can't take off your shoes in a meeting, but plant your feet. You know, if you're sitting at a boardroom table, plant your feet on the ground. Feel the seat beneath you, supporting you. Know that you are held. Mm. And I think connection is so important. Connection is needed. Humans are social beings. We need community and a, 
possibly a new world that is more filled with compassion and empathy and love and laughter and good times. So I feel like a lot of people might be hesitant or nervous or a little panicky once we re-enter the world. And we create a life of, of kindness towards ourselves and gentleness towards ourselves. It's okay to feel whatever we're feeling and then be able to express it in a healthy way. So you might be with your friends and you say to them, you know, I'm feeling a little panicky right now. Yeah. You reach out for support mm-hmm. and you're probably not the only one. Yeah. And I believe that we need to live our lives fully and offer our gifts to the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and show up in a way that we're proud of mm-hmm. and that we engage with others with more kindness. And so our world is going to look different when we re-enter. It's, we're going to have a new normal and it might be choppy at first. It might be anxiety provoking at first and we'll make do, we'll make our way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I was thinking about, um, and I forget exactly how my mind, you know, came around it was one of the things, I think it was around empathy, right? So I'm a big believer in empathy. And somebody asked, a couple people recently have asked me, like, do you believe that people are either born with empathy? Like, can people be taught empathy? And I don't know the answer to that question, but I do think one of the things that I have noticed specifically with regards to what is happening right now is that we are all equally as vulnerable to this as we all can be, right? Like, yeah, some of, some people who have, you know, immunocompromisation, they potentially are more compromised and potentially have a a higher ability to get COVID-19. But the reality is, is that we are all vulnerable, right? And so it really levels the playing field to, um, to a place where I'm not sure we've ever really seen it, right? There's no sense of higher command. There's no sense of control. No one is better. No one is lesser. Like we all can catch COVID-19. We're all vulnerable. Yes, we are all vulnerable and we, no one is not impacted mm-hmm. in some way from yeah. that. So if you can start from there, right? If you can start from that place and look at it from that place all the time, I believe that you'll be better able to be your authentic self when you are out at a social you know, event, which you're right. We all need that human, you know, that human connection. And so it might be easy for us to say, I don't want to put myself in a compromised or vulnerable state anymore. I'm not going to attend. Don't do that. Right. Like instead show up, right. As long as you're feeling well and you want, you really deep down do want to go. And the only thing that's stopping you is this idea of fear show up because the person that you're sitting next to or across from or talking to is in that same state that you are, right? With regard specifically around this virus, right? Um, I think that's the, 
I, th I think that is one of the silver linings in all of this mm -hmm. is that we are all equal when it comes to this virus and what we have we've got to do in order to protect ourselves and each other um and i hope that that continues when we do re-enter and we are feeling vulnerable or anxious or um you know our mental state is you know a little a little rattled um i hope that we can still hold that space for each other like we are now yes that is my hope as well. And I've noticed that, you know, I'm checking in with my parents more often mm -hmm. and my family and my friends. And why didn't we do this before? You know, check in on each other with a good morning text mm -hmm. or a virtual coffee date, mm -hmm. you know, and really have these deep, authentic conversations of yeah. how, not how's your day going, but how are you feeling? What's going on within you? And how's your heart today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so it sounds like, you know, when we are able to re-enter, the feedback that I'm hearing from you is, you know, acknowledge again how you're feeling, and then maybe we'll even have the ability to connect deeper by sharing how we feel with the people that we can actually finally socialize with. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And and to be able to shift our emotions once we acknowledge the emotion that we're having, say we're it's fear and anxiety for being out in public. Once you recognize that, you're kind of on the path to being able to say, okay, and how do I want to feel? And what do I need to do to get there? And you start to get on the path for changing how you are. And then maybe you'll have a great night with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. What else do you have for us? What else do you want to share? Oh, let's see. You know, I think reaching out for support is huge. Asking for what you need. People are not mind readers mm. to recognize that if you need support, even though it might be really hard, ask for help, you know, and that especially is true during this time. And if you're living with a partner or family members, you know, sometimes tensions can get a little high. Recognize that you need to have vulnerable, honest conversations and to be able to say, I need support right now. Are you able to hold this for me? Uh, um, can make a world of difference yeah, exactly. in relationships and within families right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that somehow, you know, when, when there is anxiety happening within us, sometimes... <laughs> sometimes we feel like we've verbally said what it is that's in our head, right? Like it's so loud within you that you're thinking to yourself, how does this person not know that this is what I'm thinking or feeling? Because it is all consuming. But be mindful as to what's actually happening in your mind and what you hear and what you feel versus what you've actually said, right? And what you've actually done from an action standpoint. You know, I think one of the things that I've heard a lot of my friends or, or people say is, you know, I had anxiety, I have anxiety, I don't feel, feel well. And 
from the outside, sometimes you'd never know. You'd never know that's what's actually happening on the inside. Right. Some people are really able to hold their outer persona very well. Yeah. And people don't always know what's going on inside unless you share with them. Yeah. And it, it is very vulnerable to open your heart and to say, I'm feeling anxious or I'm scared. I'm coming from a place of fear right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we're not walking beings that are happy, bubbly, and joyful all the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think, I think that there's normally and naturally a lot of fear happening right now. Um, it's almost like you can feel it, right? Yeah. And a lot of people are also shifting through the emotions of depression. Yeah. And the blues and, just kind of an overall feeling of blah, mm-hmm. like a blahness, um, and disconnection from not seeing people mm-hmm. or not being able to go about their daily lives. Well, this is where, you know, my extroverts, my friends who are really outward extroverts, you know, I, I worry about them because it's like they get energy from being around energy. Right. And so that dip in the blues, that dip in feeling a little bit sad, it's naturally going to happen if you're not connecting with people on a regular. You know, I tend to be on the, the line of both introvert and extrovert. I, I'm a little bit of both. Um, but I definitely feel a lack of connection. Right. I miss walking to a, into a yoga studio. I miss being around students and, and being a teacher. And I miss being a student. Um, and I miss my teachers, right? So it's 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 all um, it's all encompassing. It's it's everything, right? Especially if if you if you are on your own and you do live by yourself and you are an extrovert, there's only so much connection that you can do um, from a technology standpoint, which is I think also a very interesting learning, hopefully for all of us, is that technology will only bring you so far. <laughs> You still need that connection. (laughs) And, you know, even though it's not the same as being in person, I, and also some of my friends have come up with very creative virtual ways to stay in touch. And whether it be a game night or happy hour or morning coffee, it's not the same as being there with your best friends, but it's, it's as close as we can get right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Anything else you want to share with us, Joanna? Gratitude. That's the last piece. Finding gratitude. Like you said, the silver lining, recognizing that we still have a lot to be grateful for in our lives mm-hmm. and having a daily gratitude practice, whether that is during a meditation or setting an intention for a yoga class or writing in a journal. Yeah. And gratitude can shift our emotions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I've always been told to write in a gratitude journal every day. What is it that you want and what is it that you're grateful for? You know, and so those two things are, you know, what is it that you want knowing that there's, um, there's this hope in future 
And what are you grateful for right now in the moment, knowing that what you have right now is enough as it is? I love that practice. Yeah, it's a good one. I love that. And for years, I've written in a gratitude journal. And some days I write the same thing that I wrote the day before and the day before. And other times I come up with new things I'm grateful for. And I see the themes Mm -hmm. of what really matters in my life. Do you go back and look? You know, I haven't in a while, but I remember years ago, I wrote the same thing almost every day, sunrises, <laughs> yeah. yoga practice, and hot, hot mugs of tea. Oh my goodness. Those are like three of my favorite things too. <laughs> yeah, every day. And then maybe a, a new thing sprinkled in every now and then. But every day I was grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Simple things too, right? Yes. Yeah, that's great. Share with us your favorite quote. Okay, so I have two of them actually. One is from Howard Thurman Don't ask yourself what the world needs, ask yourself what makes you come alive, and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, and my second one is from Eleanor Roosevelt, who has many great quotes. Um, She said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Oh my goodness. Both really, really good. And then who are your teachers? Who would you say you look to for um, guidance? Oh boy. Well, you are one of my teachers. But you're one of mine. (laughs) Yeah. We're students. We're students and teachers. You know, I have so much respect for many of the yoga teachers in the Boston area, as well as globally. And there are probably too many to name, Mm -hmm. but I would say on a very personal level, my parents are my teachers. Right now, I really look to them. I find my friends are my teachers. Mm -hmm. And... Nature is my teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I find inspiration and knowledge from all of that. I'd say everything, every experience, every person I come in contact with is a teacher. So true. And then I always like to kind of end or close out with like a a story um, about, you know, how we know each other and why you are like totally one of my teachers. <laughs> so and this is um, a good story. <laughs> this is a good story. Yeah. So we kind of met through a circumstance that, you know, wasn't necessarily, I, I don't think our best foot forward for either one of us. Right. Like, so we kind of met each other. It was awkward. It was weird. We didn't really have an exchange. Um, it almost felt like because of the situation, we probably weren't supposed to like each other. And then about a year later, um, when things had shifted and changed in both of our lives, uh, we approached each other. And I, I kind of think I had reached out to you because to be you know, fair and honest, I think some of the issue was more on my side than it was on yours. And I was feeling kind of sad and just, you know, not 
not honest and good about it. I felt like it was a situation that potentially had kind of like forced my hand into how you and I had interacted. And so I reached out to you um, and I did it. It's funny, we're talking about anxiety and fear. You know, I was nervous at how you would receive it and whether or not you would be receptive to talking to me and, and being my friend and, you know, and, and just knowing where I was coming from and almost immediately, you know, one of the reasons why there's so many reasons why I adore you, but almost immediately when I reached out, you, you reciprocated right away not allowing my fear or my anxiety or my thoughts to kind of consume me, right? Because sometimes when you're in that that area of purgatory, you're not really sure what's happening. And um, really soon after that, we just had like a really wonderful conversation, a true, honest conversation about, you know, each other and who we really were. And, um, you know, I think it was for me a really, a real true learning experience of, don't let a first impression or a first circumstance define the entire relationship of how you view somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like the situation is not really necessarily how the person is. And I think that that's exactly what you and I experienced with each other. Yes. And I was caught off guard and I was blown away when you approached me and didn't know what was happening at first. It was like this, this <laughs> force came to, you know, came to me, you, and you were so, in my eyes, vulnerable and graceful and nervous. <laughs> I, I think I nervous. could see that. And you know what? I just said, this is a woman I want to spend more time with. Thank you. Well, I feel the same about you. I um it was part of my healing process, you know, and I think that, I think that one of the things that we all have to do for each other is be open to lending a hand and helping one another out when we are trying to heal parts of our past. So, you know, you totally, you totally taught me that. And, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And I'm, I, um, I'm just grateful to know you, you know, and I, it's so funny prior to this, Prior to us hitting record today, we learned that we had even more connections with both of our parents growing up in New York, you know, near Brooklyn, and and then both of them, you know, both sets of parents being on Long Island, and very very um, funny how much how much connection there is between the two of us. Yeah, and I feel like we really did come together for a reason. Yeah, I agree. And we had to go through that turbulent time in the very very beginning to get to where we are now. Yeah, now look at us. You're you're on a podcast with me. <laughs> I know. I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Joanna. I I like I know that this information and these resources that you're sharing are going to be um, you know, really useful and invaluable to um to others. So, I appreciate your time. I I honor your work. I know that, you know, what you do day in and day out, especially right now is just so needed in this world. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. And thank you for encouraging me to share my heart's work with of course. you and with your listeners. Of course. I will chat with you soon. Have a very good afternoon. Thank you. Right. Bye. 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 Talk to you soon.